5 a.m. December 27th, 2000. I'm in the great state of Indiana, I think. Saw the world's largest ball of string this morning. And the world's largest beefsteak tomato this afternoon. It was the size of a Volkswagen. The string, not the tomato. At least Christmas is over. Oh, no. Hello and welcome to Snaptrack, the podcast which compares two episodes of the galaxy's favourite science fiction franchise, Star Trek. I'm one of your hosts, Ross Webster, and I'm joined as ever by Jen Tift. Hello, Jen. Hey, Ross. Hi, everyone. How you doing? Everyone's good. <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm doing good too. Good, good. How, how you feeling about this, this week's Snaptrack? Oh, I'm so excited for this one. I feel quite emotional having watched both <laughs> these episodes. Right? I feel it. I didn't expect this. Yeah, I was really, I was really like, yeah, all the way through. Yeah, and it's around the holidays too, so it's you know a perfect little one. One of them was the holiday special. I didn't realize I needed. Yeah, it yeah. was it was just right, <laughs> just right for a rainy day. Exactly. But more more on that in a moment. <laughs> okay. Very unusual. I don't think I know this game. What's it called? Chula. What are the rules? During each snap trek, we compare the episodes using a variety of categories, and we select a scene or line or alien or prop which we think is excellent, and we award a point to the answer which we think is the best. Aggressive. Adversarial. Competition. For fun. Snap Trek is a competition, but it's played just for fun. There are no prizes or trophies, and the real aim is to have a great conversation about Star Trek and think about the episodes in a new way. We would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at SnapTrek. Please send us your ideas for episodes, comparisons, and categories we could use. Of course, send us your Star Trek lyrical recaps, or any Star Trek poetry, or haiku, or limericks, or rhymes, or verse. We love to hear it. Uh, how can I get in touch with you, Jen? Uh, you can get in touch with me on Twitter. I'm at edatquirks. And I am Taborg at strtrk1701. Okay, let's get down to it. <laughs> in this snap track, we are engaging in some rather anachronistic storytelling and hearing how the visually <laughs> familiar ancestors of our crewmen <laughs> play parts in some of Earth's most significant events and meet folks who are just so darn wholesome. I was lucky enough to watch Enterprise <laughs> Season great. 2, Episode 2, Carbon Creek. And Jen? Oh, man. And I was lucky enough to watch Voyager Season 5, Episode 23, 11.59. <laughs> so, full disclosure, I had not watched 11.59 for 20 years. <laughs> Having only ever seen it the one time and not being interested in it remotely, I watched it when I was 19 years old. And I've come back to it as a 39-year-old, and I feel very, very differently about it. Yeah. And and I understand that. I understand that this episode isn't everybody's cup of tea. I totally get it. But it's a, it's a personal it's a personal favorite of mine. It's a personal guilty pleasure, I have to admit. I really, really enjoy this episode. And, and I think you're right when you say, you know, a 39-year-old probably has more <laughs> to think about this episode than a 19 year old there's does. definitely that's, more that's emotional fair. resonance yeah so yeah. much more 
so much more reason behind the story that I could really right, feel. Right, right. And like the the precious decision making and yeah, you know how the way that words can hurt people. It, mm-hmm. it, there was so much going on. I really. Yeah. I, I got emotional in both of them, which really surprised yes, me. Maybe I'm yeah. just feeling it. Maybe, you know, lockdown's <laughs> up for me. Lockdown, it's Christmas time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a newfound appreciation for 11.59, and yeah. I can't I can't believe I'm saying it. I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed Yay. watching it. Oh, that makes me so happy. I don't know. I don't know whether it's because I watched it with the other episode. I don't know. But I watched yeah. it in its own right, and... I was quite happy to sit there, and I can honestly say, when I do a Voyager rewatch, I would not skip eleven fifty nine. Yay! <laughs> that makes me happy to hear. And then, of course, on the other side, you know, Carbon Creek is rightfully so on a lot of people's list of of top Enterprise episodes. Arguably nice one of the best Enterprise episodes oh, they made. I love it. So good, but I mean, the similarities really—they're there. They're right there, and we're going to go through this and see where they are. <laughs> But because I hadn't seen Eleven Fifty Nine for such a long time, I was un un unprepared to realize how there's so much thematic similarity and yeah. narrative similarity as well. And yes. u- using the using our characters as their own ancestors. I mean, that's a Star Trek trope almost, isn't it? You know, <laughs> Data is every member of his own family, and you know, going back in time and seeing them as they are or were. That was nice. I felt I felt much more connection this time than I felt last time. Yeah, and I feel, I feel very much connected to both these ancestors because of their similarities, not just visually, to their to to, to our normal crew <laughs> that we know and love. And I'm sure we'll talk, well, I'm sure we're going to talk about our uh, our fantastic ancestors <laughs> later on. But th- there was it is more than just a visual similarity, and that's what yeah. makes it so appealing. Because it's right. you're taking that sort of fish out of water. No, fish out of water is wrong. You're taking the character you know and you're putting them in a totally novel situation. Mm-hmm. And the conceit is they're a different person, but you know they're they're the same person. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we know what Jamo would do in this scenario. Right. And it's fun because it's we we know things the characters don't, and you know, which is always I always enjoy that yeah, that, that side too. of it, you know. And oh man adds a little weight to the choices they make you know it does it really does <laughs> i mean look we're going off on one we're going off on one let's, let's stick to it we've got all these categories to get through i know we don't want to talk about this yeah. okay commander i would like to remind you about my poetry reading this afternoon i wouldn't miss it for the world i can't wait to see what he's come up with as ever we begin with a lyrical recap of the episode under discussion. Jen, I'd love to hear your lyrical recap of 11.59. Okay, so you got to bear with me here <laughs> with this one. Uh, so 11.59 is a New Year's Eve episode, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to take advantage of that fact, um, which is one of the things I like. I love that this is a this is a legit holiday episode of Star Trek. And yeah, and it, and it, and it I mean, I, we, we'll talk about this later, but it's, you can beat for beat go through this and it's, it's just, and it's a, you know, romantic holiday movie, <laughs> like Hallmark movie, Christmas movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> beat for beat is what it is. And, um, and I, I think that's so funny. I think it's just another example of how you can make Star Trek out of any genre, 
you know. Absolutely. Uh, and we'll talk about that. So, all right. So, New Year's Eve, you know, the song you sing is Auld Lang Syne on New Year's Eve. And that, you know, roughly translates to old long ago, oh. you know, the rough translation. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what this is. So I couldn't, I couldn't just ignore that. So I have uh, <laughs> created uh, Old Lang Syne, the Millennium Gate edition. Yes. <laughs> And I'm going to cross my arms. I'm going to cross my arms and do that thing. I'm doing it. Doing what thing? Do you not do this when you sing Old Lang Syne? You link hands, but you put them over each other and you're holding hands. You got to you got to Google this. This is this is what English. This is what British people do at the stroke of midnight. We all (laughs) sing Old Lang Syne and we all hold hands, but you cross your arms and you hold your right arm with their left arm. I can picture it in my head. Like uh, the Who's in Whoville. <laughs> maybe. I'm not entirely sure what they do. <laughs> oh, that's so, that's so nice. That's lovely. It is nice. Although we, we won't be doing it in 2021. Um, right, right. Yeah. But Socially distanced. Yeah, oh, my God. That's what we do. <laughs> we drunk, drunkenly sing a few bars and, you know, raise our glasses and, <laughs> and then drink some more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't have a lovely tradition like that. Um, but I did come up with with lyrics for Old Design and I did the whole song. So <laughs> um, all six verses. So if you oh my guys, god, if you, if you guys want to fast forward it, you can. Don't you, don't Ross. you dare fast forward it. No one will fast forward Ross it. will have to listen to it. And you'll be singing it in full on Scots accent, will you? Oh no 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 no. What? It's bad enough that you guys have to listen to me sing for for a uh, regular, <laughs> let alone with an accent. All right, all right. Here we go. All Lang Syne, the Millennium Gate edition. Okay, bear with me here. <laughs> no, this I'm is. Good. I'm really excited for this. I, I I'm so pleased oh, that we're putting yeah. this level of, of of effort into this. <laughs> okay. Should those who came before our days forever spark our minds, we'll keep the stories that inspire from old Lang Syne. A man who's caught up in the past, a gentle nudge he finds. To face his fears of change and growth from old Lang Syne. A weary traveler shines her light on the sparkling sand they've dined and guides her crew through the unknown past all Lang Syne. So here's a hand, my sovereign friend, and put your hand in mine. The future we will face as one and honor all Lang Syne. And future generations will our accomplishments outshine. They'll build upon what we have done in Old Lang Syne. For Old Lang Syne, my dear, for Old 
Jen, that was just brilliant. I am I am overwhelmed by how good it was. Oh my goodness. And it's so good to hear it sung as well. I am really I apologize for the singing, but No, Jennifer, that was great. I can't believe it was that. Fun. It was so good. And oh, it was so you. so perfectly touching as well. Because I really felt like I feel emotional after watching these episodes. That's really yes. nicely caught that as well. Me too. Oh. I love oh it. my god! You've really you've, you've done you've done it you've done a number on me. All right. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate you humoring me through that. <laughs> no, that was really good. I sincerely sincerely thought you put so much effort into that. It's so nice to hear. Thank that you. was really good. Thank you. Oh crumbs. Okay. And Carbon Creek, man. Carbon Creek. I have I've stick I've stuck with the classics. I've gone gone limerick. Classic limerick. I love it. It's called Sputnik Spotters. Oh, I love it. <laughs> okay, you ready? Yes. <laughs> T'Pol tells a tale of Tamir, her ancestor who crash-landed here. Stron wants to go, Tamir patterns Velcro. Mistral chooses to just disappear. Aw, Mistral, I love him so much. <laughs> he, he's such a good character. Oh, that good. that we never found out what happened to Mistral is one of the great great. I mysteries. know. I Although, know. if it turns out he's future guy, and we find that out in the next couple of weeks, <laughs> I just want to know. <laughs> I don't care who it they, is. They really should tell us. They really should they need tell, to us. tell us. Oh, that was good. Yeah, if, if Mistral's even, um, even if that really happened. I'm convinced that somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, there's a Gary Seven spin-off where Gary Seven and Mistral team up to fight, oh, villains, fight villains. I'm convinced. I would have watched the hell out of that. Yes. It's all yes. to come. All to come. When they said it during the 80s. It's all set in the 80s. Oh, a, a, a Mistral short track set in the 80s. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Let's do it. Meet. Oh yeah, it could just I be so it. good. He's trying to do uh, something. Gary Seven trying to do something. They find out they work together. Oh, so good. You know, I like that. I like that idea. <laughs> well, CBS, you know, I will accept a small percentage. <laughs> right. We are filled with ideas. Oh my god! They, but they, do, they do they need any more ideas? They're already churning <laughs> out. They're churning out the shows nowadays. They are. Okay. Let's All right. Get down to business. Okay. Let's do this. Jen, would you like to pick the first, the first uh, category that we're going to be? Okay. Our, we're going to start off talking with our wonderful one-off characters, which don't feel like one-off characters, because, uh, <laughs> like you said, there are visual similarities to other characters. Uh, let's talk about our awesome ancestors. This is a good place to start. Um, <laughs> so, just to briefly just to say that i i like to think that mistral had some descendants and perhaps they might have looked back with interest at the fact they're humans with a smidge of vulcan ancestry dating back long before first contact but i don't think we'll ever really know that yeah um of course the awesome ancestor is tamir <laughs> tamir oh. Oh. she is essentially topol uh, outwardly as Vulcan as Vulcan can be, but who's who has the capacity to develop a real soft spot for humans that she is stuck with for some reason, and also the Vulcans she cares about because because she is the sort of 
she plays it as the hard-nosed commander, but actually she softens all the way through the episode. And she does eventually, you know, when push comes to shove and protocol needs to be broken for the greater good, she's just there doing it. And as the episode goes on, she does integrate in human society. She doesn't quite do it with as much gusto as Mistral does, <laughs> but she she knows what's right and she respects the people she lives with and she sees humanity for the potential it could have and she acts in that way. And so it's it's so nice to see her doing what we know DePaul would, has done as well. Right. Spending time with people, understanding that people aren't perfect, but there is dignity and there is humanity and there's humour and there's loads of positivity about hanging around with human beings. And she really picks that up. So for me, Tamir was just... Tamir was to poll, but so, so wonderful. So wonderful to see what she would do in that situation. Yeah, and and she does two things that have no logic to them that are purely emotional things you know when she when she gets the money and when she lies about what happened to mistral those are two absolutely illogical things uh just you know she only did those for emotional reasons or you know for the benefit of of the people she cares about the two people the two recipients of that kindness exactly and she's one she, and I'd even argue that her helping out with the mining disaster. Oh yes, she because she yep. doesn't want to. She says no, but Mistral is going to do it anyway. And you could argue that maybe she's just yeah. making sure Mistral doesn't cock everything up and yeah. lose a particle weapon or get killed himself, and then they have an right. alien body right. to deal with. But she, we know that it took almost no arm twisting to get her down there. Exactly, yeah. She, she probably was going to go down there herself, I would have thought. But, right. Um, and she, it was so lovely to see her just carry out. The, the, the ending where she puts the money in the, in the jar oh. for Jack, I was like... Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah I lose it. <laughs> I, was, I was really... And I didn't know why. And I'm not, I'm not usually I like that. It. And then yeah. 11.59 got me. Got me in the same way. At the end, I was like, "Mm." Um, so awesome ancestor, but also I suppose awesome character because it is to pole, and you know, in looks and deed is to pole, but we call it in this case Tamir, and you know, the lovely fact that Tapol has also got that that handbag to remember her by. Yes, and visually, it's such a such a striking looking object. That you know, yeah, it's you, beautiful. Yeah, you don't see it. You don't see her use it very often because it's like you know, it's a good, it's a good, good handbag, isn't it? You know, <laughs> she doesn't just wear it when she's walking around the house, but she's got it uh, when she goes to the the office. So she takes the handbag with her, and you see it there, and she you see her get some, put some money in it, and then <laughs> when Topol pulls it all out because it could all have been a complete fabrication, and right. I think that's the impression that Tucker and Archer get that maybe none of this yeah. is true. But it's so it's so nice to see her do that. Yeah, and I'm of I'm of the opinion that it happened just because I want it to be true. A hundred percent happened. The hundred percent that happened. Why would you have the handbag otherwise? Well, I mean, it could still be. I mean, like parts of it could be true. Like her her great grandmother could have crashed on Earth and they didn't get rescued for a couple months. You know what I mean? Without all the 
the, the, the grand story of a falcon that left behind. My, you know what I mean? <laughs> no. But, uh, would you think? I think, think it's all true. Whole, I think it's got to be true. It's got to be true. <laughs> I think, I, well, if yeah, it's not but true, it's, I'm also, never getting my Mistral miniseries. I know. I know. It's it's true. It's true. Don't worry. <laughs> Thanks, it, it's 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 true because I want it to be true. But but story wise, it, it, it's I mean, it's similar to in eleven fifty nine. You don't. Well, it doesn't really matter what the real story is. That's it, and that's <laughs> that is the interesting twist on eleven fifty nine. Yeah, that, that actually the story that Janeway's got is not the story we end up we hear. We right. hear a different story, right. and that's what a weird juxtaposition that is <laughs> for her to say one thing, and then really yeah. for the story we hear to be nothing like that story. Right. Because I think eleven fifty nine wouldn't have such a harsh. People wouldn't be so critical of it. Perhaps if we were hearing about those first Martian colonies, if we were hearing about her, <laughs> her events on the surface of Mars, but we're not. We're hearing a different story of, uh, of Jamie's ancestors, and that's that's good in its own right. That's that's the whole point of the episode. Yeah, that it doesn't matter. It's it's how it inspired you, you know, and how it inspired her. And um, I guess I could could start talking about. <laughs> about we her we awesome ancestor yeah. who is shannon o'donnell who is 15 generations removed from from uh our captain Catherine janeway uh and uh, as you mentioned janeway knows the legend of shannon o'donnell not the true story of shannon o'donnell it's a 13th and- foremother <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting, though, when Tafal says that, you know, because it's her. It turns out it's her mother's mother's mother. Yeah. So her great grandmother, <laughs> and that's and I, and it's it's interesting because I know stories about my great grandmother. I never got a chance to meet her. She passed on before I was born, but I know stories about her. It's strange, um, isn't it? I met my great grandfather just a few times, yeah. but I remember him. Yeah. Uh, bizarre. Anyway, we've no. totally digressed, and I'm sorry yes. I, I cut you off. <laughs> no, no, I apologize. No, 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 no. So the legend of Shannon O'Donnell is that she was one of the first women astronauts, first in a long line of Janeway explorers, <laughs> and that she helped colonize Mars. Uh, and, and you know, Captain Janeway thinks that that she was one of the most important people uh, involved in the Millennium Gate Project, which, you know, which helped which helped prepare humans for travel for you know for travel to 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 mars and mm-hmm. to colonize mars and and um and she finds out that that's not that's not the true story of shannon o'donnell um and, <laughs> and she sounds very disappointed when she hears that shannon o'donnell was just a consulting engineer on the project yeah i thought that was still a pretty big deal i'm like She's making these self-sustaining habitats. Oh man! You know that's that's pretty significant. She's a part of it, you know. Yeah, she's doing it, and, uh, and I'm a I'm a consulting engineer, and I'll try not to take that too personally. Yep. <laughs> Hope my ancestors aren't disappointed in Let, me. Let us just be And then it's funny because Chicarte says, "Well, don't you know? Don't be too hard on her. She may not have known she was supposed to live up to your expectations." Good, good for you, Chicarte. <laughs> He can he can see it for what it is, uh, and it's funny, yeah. So so, but she ends up. I mean, she she's an aerospace engineer who has um, she's gotten downsized. Um, we don't know what her position was or where, but she um, she was um, 
she's done the astronaut the astronaut program and did not pass the test to become an astronaut um they don't tell us why or you know or what what the reasoning was um but she does give a little bit of a of a like almost like a flaky vibe mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. like she's an so who like she's an explorer and she considers herself an explorer she even Absolutely, says that yeah. um and you know she wants to see exotic places and and go out into space and everything and um but it's you know just the fact that she's you know she lost her job and now she's just you know living out of her car without any plans and um yeah that's a pretty wild way to start the story isn't it yeah yeah um and um and she does a lot of she does a lot of great things and she's she's very um she has a lot of ideas, you know, she's, she seems like she's an idea person, you know, and she, she meets, she meets, uh, the Jane ways and, and, you know, she's really computer savvy and she's like, Oh, you know, we can, I can email all the computers you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and help you out real, real easy. And, and, um, you know, and she, she's gung ho about that kind of thing. And she, you know, and she's, she appears to be a competent engineer based on the fact that, uh, the, the millennium gate, um mr moss mr moss there from, from the millennium gate uh ha- had you know checked her out her credentials out and 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 offered her a job you know and i thought uh, based on that. So, so she she wasn't like fired from her job or anything she was just downsized yeah no I t- and he, even when even when she couldn't hold up her part of the bargain with janeway he's like i was always going to give you a job anyway so right don't worry right. about you know yeah. you're the kind of person we need on this job I wouldn't have I wouldn't have sought you out if not. And that yeah. was the other thing that just gave me totally wholesome vibes. After watching this yeah. episode. Yes. He was the one he... person who could have been the villain. Um, right. And he... <laughs> Go ahead. He wasn't. He wasn't a villain. He wasn't. He, exactly. he, he, he there for a job. He could understand the guy's point of view, but he really wanted this to go through. He could have done yes. something really mean. He didn't. He said he, at the end of the day, he did everything right. He was as nice as pie. And he tried to do the right thing, and I was like, and that's what that's what got me in the end. Everyone's trying to be nice to each other. Yes, I love it. Yeah, because you know, in in a Hallmark, Hallmark Christmas movie, the guy who's trying to bulldoze your town is supposed to be like the evil bad guy, exactly. <laughs> and and he wasn't. Because you're right. Because this isn't a story about this is the this is the Star Trek version of that story. Yeah, and in the Star Trek version of that story, progress is good. Because this this isn't this isn't this isn't like they're they're not tearing down the town they're not paving paradise to put up a parking lot, you know they're they're tr- they're trying to take this town and renovate it to the point where they they can they can figure out how to self contain a city to colonize Mars. That's really I love cool. that take on it. I love the take that progress is a positive. Yeah, and, that, and that's yeah. why that's why Trek. all of this works. Yeah, and that's why this is such a Star Trek episode even though there's no science fiction i've got one <laughs> more it. thing to say on this but i'm going yeah. to save it for another t- for another another category oh, okay oh yeah because I, I just think that um that i i mean this this is this is the lesson that i think a lot of people need and we're seeing it now with the new star trek <laughs> don't be afraid of change <laughs> you know? and, and it's okay to recognize that people are different and we've right. we're all coming at this same life from multiple different ways and we've gotten to where we are right today in a different way but that's all right right oh. and and she's you know she might not have been 
one of the first women on Mars, but she's still, her story inspired Captain Janeway to become a Starfleet officer. Yeah, it didn't end there. It didn't end with that photograph. There's so much more to it. And she'd be thrilled to find out, I'm sure. Yes. Oh, can you imagine how how amazed she would be to find out about her ancestor who literally captains a starship through deep space and who holds her up as and as as inspiration yes like how she would she would be oh she she would be thrilled to know that she would (laughs) oh so shannon o'donnell man and she does cute things. I just, uh, like she does cute things like Janeway does. Like she she writes um, she makes her captain's logs on her yes. tape recorder, oh. which is so cute. And instead of like oh. instead of like talking about nebulas and stuff that she finds, it's like the world's largest ball of string and <laughs> the Last Supper in corn, <laughs> like things that she's seen in Indiana. But then she's also <laughs> talking about the people she's met and right. the impact they've had. Yeah. And that's what turns her around, really, isn't it? Because she exactly. starts doing her log yeah. about them, and then she eats that cookie, and and then she tells yes. the story about the cookie. But <laughs> it it was it was really nice to see her like hit somewhere that she thinks is home, because that's something that Janeway never did. Janeway yeah. never stops moving. She's never going to settle. She's always on her mission. And even when she gets home, you know, as the Admiral Janeway, she she can't let it go. She has to go back and carry on. Whereas Shannon, she kept on going. She was moving. But then she found a place where actually she's really happy to stop and stay. And that carried on. And that was so nice to see. Yeah, and I, and I I feel like I I really I really like her a lot. I and I and I I feel like I I understand the way she feels that that part, playing a little part in this Millennium Gate is is good is good enough. Like like that's she's doing her part to help explore. With you know and you know t- what I mean. It totally like, is good enough. Like a a place that she fits and a place that that where she can do something positive. And and I I I think like I I mean they 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 kind of touch on this in their little scene at the end where they her and Henry Janeway sort of you know um, decide to to stay together. They that you know she'll stay and they'll go and on trip you know they'll go on trips together and explore and and I think they're both good for each other in that way. Yeah. Um, because and, yeah, him, him never leaving Indiana. That's- that. That's so weird to me. That's that so weird line me. gets me. He says it with pride too. I've never been a, oh, never. outside of Indiana. It's like really, dude. Oh yeah. man. Honestly, the world's massive. Indiana. Yeah. I mean, states yeah. are big. You know, I don't think <laughs> as an Englishman, I don't realize how big states are. England could essentially fit inside any state. But but to never have left, to never have gone across the border. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a little strange. He's a he's a strange fellow that way. <laughs> But yeah, and 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 she, yeah, and so I like to think that they, you know, kind of evened each other out a little bit, you know, make her a little bit less flighty, and make him actually, you know, they, they say next, you know, next time I leave, in the, you know, next time I leave on a trip or whatever, you'll come with me, you know, whatever it is they say, and, and it's it's lovely. It that is she can nice. Yank him out of his, you know, depression hole. <laughs> 
it was it was nice to watch their relationship really spark as well. Yeah, yeah. And they were so confident and comfortable around each other from the off, which yes, I suppose is yeah, what they he's tr- they're trying to portray. Yeah. But, I mean, we've gone off a bit, but that moment yeah. where he lays <laughs> out he lays out the book and yeah, says, yeah. "Would you like to have oh, dinner yeah, in France?" That was that was so nice, and I'm like that is a smooth move. That was a smooth move. I have if, to admit. If I if I'd had some foresight when I was a younger man, <laughs> I'd have been using that move. <laughs> <laughs> that is a killer move yeah, yeah. that was a good move <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so shannon o'donnell she's I, great i did think she was great and i did like her she was a bit more removed from janeway just a touch more removed yeah, yeah. but i could, but you could see janeway all the way through her yeah. uh, i mean the fact they look identical uh that <laughs> helped. but i i did like her character I, I did. I really liked the story, and it's not that I didn't know the story from having watched it previously twenty years ago and then reading about it. Because when when it's with Star Trek, even if you're not watching the episode, you're reading about the episode, and you're <laughs> you know, you're reading trivia and finding out stuff. But it really resonated with me much more this time round. You yeah. know the reason why it's so important that she stop, and that that's just as good as keeping on moving. It's tough here because I feel like if we're rewarding points, we're rewarding points between who do you like better, to Paul or Janeway? Yeah, that's unfair. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that. I don't really Ooh, I like, don't that. like that. I don't like that at all. Um, I think geez. to me it was slightly more I... identically to Paul. Yeah. Janeway yeah. was just a shade off, but I don't think that's really any rationale to choose one over the other. Well, also, it, the reason why I was more to Paul is because uh, Tamir is still, like, a future spacefaring alien. Yes. Whereas Janeway, uh, I mean, Shannon O'Donnell is, you know, from the 20th century. <laughs> so She's one of us. She's going to be, yeah, she's one of us. So she's going to be more removed from her... And you know, from her. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Sure. Yeah, she's not. She's not lost on a starship. She's lost on a station. She's lost on a station wagon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm really struggling and, with this. And who knows, like what you know, what Jane? I mean, Jane. We, you know, obviously, we think Janeway would have became an astronaut if she was in the 20th century. But who knows? Like, like you could be the best and the brightest and still not. I think whether she'd been an astronaut or not, I don't know. She'd have been a scientist, yeah. definitely. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's not an engineer. She's a scientist. So yeah. she wouldn't have done the aerospace engineering like Shannon. No, I think but, I, um, it sort of homogenizes in Star Trek, doesn't it? Engineer. Well, yeah. yeah, they do a little bit. Geordie's <laughs> an engineer, Data's a scientist. But yeah. they, they, they work together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm, um, procrastinating because i don't know who yeah I'm, I'm waiting for you to tell me your answer <laughs> so i can make a judgment well when we when it comes to this we could just split the points we could uh, this is our real cop out it is we could do whatever we like i suppose Sound we, could whatever we, like. we could do whatever we want <laughs> i right. i i'm yeah. gonna say i enjoyed i enjoyed watching tamir go through her business and maybe so i watched it first i'm gonna I, i'll give my point to tamir and for no other reason that I think you're going to give your point to Janeway. To- <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to surprise you because I'm also going to give my point to Tamir. Fair. Because I think 
part of part of Shannon O'Donnell's character is that she's just I don't want to say ordinary because nobody's ordinary and that's but she's not like what Janeway thought she was you know and she has flaws and she's a you know whereas whereas the point of Tamir is is more to to, to kind of kind of ex- accentuate the the part of T'Pol that has it's not even unvulcan like but that that compassion mm-hmm. that um that like soft spot that she has for humanity she has for humanity and i think it's just more important than shannon if that makes any sense it is because shannon's just going through shannon is having a problem that any of us could have yeah yeah you, you and i could be having this trouble you know we get yeah. we're back in the town we meet someone right, right. Yeah. That that is life's that is life's ups and downs. That is yeah. how you navigate history. Whereas Tamir, she's crashed a spaceship on an alien planet is making the best of it. Yeah. And Tamir, I think too, I I mean her, God, the things she did could probably get her in a heck of a lot of trouble trouble on Vulcan. Mm. You know, giving Velcro to the humans is lying about Mistral. Lying about Mistral, like all the stuff she did, she did at risk to herself. Mm, which true. you know what I mean? Which so there's a little bit more to more meat to what she did, I would say. Um versus you know, just we, we get the only thing we see of Shannon Donald really is her love story. Yeah. And we know and also just we know like what happened to her, like like what she you know, she became part of the Millennium Gate project and all that stuff but um i think what tamir did was was really uh selfless in a in a, in a special way so I think that's tamir true she nice. she was she she did a bit more yeah and it's funny too because I, I said un vulcan like but it's not like that's that's the point of basically enterprise <laughs> and, and actually a lot of vulcan stories you know is that is that the vulcans just because they ha- try to hide their emotions doesn't mean they don't have them. Yeah, and, and especially know, when it comes it. to humans, yeah, there's a deeper connection there than I think any you know either humans or Vulcans choose to acknowledge. Yes, and I even love how the other Vulcan whose name I can never remember, Strong, Strong, even him at the end, uh, he's already quit his job. They 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 know that help is coming, and he's already quit quit his job, and he's still fixing. Mrs. Mrs. Garrett's, uh, whatever it was he was fixing for her, like because he's too, he's taking pride in his work, but also yeah. he must like her yeah. or recognize that she has a need and he's in a place to help her. Right, I it, thought that it, was it so lovely. So nice. It is so nice, so lovely that even at the end, even the the you know the hardest nut to crack was you know still did something emotional because that's an emotional thing to do too. There's no logical reason to do that. No, there is. Point. So I except thought that was he, except that he said he would do it. Yeah, like oh, that's so sweet. I love it. I love it. All <laughs> I love right, it. two points. Two points to Tamir, straight off. Okay. <laughs> and I, I, I definitely recognize that uh, Carbon Creek is is uh, is is the better episode, and I'm, my my goal is just to get eleven fifty nine some points here. <laughs> I can get some points. We could do it. <laughs> okay. All right. Where are we going next? Let's go to let's go to of the time best representation of the time period. Ooh, I like this category. Yeah, I think it's a good, <laughs> you you pick all the categories this week, and they're all <laughs> usually we talk about it for a bit, but they're all so good we just kept them all in. Oh man, that's funny. I oh, I just rattled them off. I I I love this comparison so much. Yeah, <laughs> these all these all worked really nicely, so I was really happy with them. 
And I love this category because both these episodes do such a nice job of being of the time uh, that they're in. And our time period is the end of the year 2000 and the start of the year 2001. And this is actually, this actually takes place in the future. Yes. Uh, This episode came out in May of 1999. Uh, So it's, it's, you know. Yeah, it's like fully 18 months in the future. Yeah. It's still sci-fi, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it is. And I'll, I'll talk about, about that in a little bit uh, here, but I just want to do my, my secondary systems um, was uh, Shannon O'Donnell's style. Mm. Shannon O'Donnell with the scrunchie in her hair, <laughs> with her 90s jeans that she's wearing. She looks straight out of 1999 or 2000. <laughs> 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 And she's beautiful, and I love it. I love her, her, the design of her character, um, the computer stuff. You know, they're 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 right at that point where, like, you know, Henry, of course, Henry Janeway doesn't even have a computer. Needed to explain what an email was. Yeah, exactly, and 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 just ridiculous stuff is like, oh, we can just email every computer in a fifty mile radius, as <laughs> if like that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, and and they they do a cute thing where. Um, uh, Henry's son is using her computer and we find out that uh, Shannon Donald's a gamer. <laughs> you know? yeah. She's like, you know, play this game and, and try doing this move. And <laughs> just funny. Yeah. I like that. I talked about the fact that it's, this is basically a holiday romance movie and that's relevant to this time period because this is kind of like the heyday of those cheesy lifetime or Hallmark Christmas holiday movies. Um, oh, really? I, this is this is yeah, where this, this is when they all came out, was it? This was a, yeah, this was like a big time for that. So them choosing to make a of an homage to that <laughs> um, in Star Trek, no less, is, is I find really interesting. Hmm. Um, which is just it's just so funny. It's just it's just bit for bit, you know, like the it literally. There's a bookstore, <laughs> you know, a small town boy. <laughs> And the you know city girl, and then you know yeah, you're right. It does, it is there, there's a, a, there's a deadline, an arbitrary deadline at midnight on the holiday, and you know what I mean, tearing yeah, down. Yeah, it sounds sounds much worse when you put it like that. It does sound very much by the numbers. It is. It's so funny, but it's funny. I th- I like that. I think that's really funny. I mean, this is this is Joe Minoski and and Brandon Braga. This isn't like yeah. Where's the body horror? What I can't believe this. Where's the weird language and the you know the people exploding out of other bodies? Um, but so so it's it's a very very ninety a piece. Uh, but but what I picked for this is the Y two K bug <gasps> for this. Nice. Because um, I think I think okay. So this this came out. This is this is personal for, to me too because. Um, what what I was doing in 1999 was uh, was fixing code for the Y2K bug, <laughs> and it's the fact that this, this so this came out in May of 1999. So the year 2000, the the crossover into 2000 hadn't happened yet. You know, so we're, you know, six months away from that, and we didn't know what was going to happen. No one knew for sure what would happen, and they they chose to to put in that um, the Y2K bug like not, was basically a no, never mind. Nothing happened. Uh, she, she's the way she puts it. The Y2K bug didn't turn on a single light bulb. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then they move on, which I, th- I thought was a, a really interesting little um, 
little uh, like like prediction about the future that was going to be proven wrong right or wrong like six months later which is kind of neat you know because this, this was on everyone's minds at the time and um I think and this throws back to though to the idea that progress progress is positive and that computers yeah. and you know using electronic information using electronic mail and connectivity and globalization in that form is a positive and that we shouldn't right. be so concerned Don't be afraid that, of that that yeah. simple things are going to bring out about the end of the world right. but also i, I, I mean it's, impor- it's important to note that the reason that nothing bad ha- well actually a few things did but the reason but the reason why it wasn't disaster was because of basically a worldwide effort to fix the code um and we really i mean we ran some simulations there were there were some real world consequences Oh, really? Um, to the, yeah, to the code that I fixed. Uh, I, I, I worked for the, for, uh, the government f- fixing code um, on some classified systems. And, and there, was some, there was some scary simulations that we ran. Oh, my um, goodness. But because everybody got together and, and decided to fix the problem, this was probably the last nonpartisan effort <laughs> That in the U.S. we undertook, let alone you know, with working with other countries too, and everybody wow. did their own thing. But 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 it was a really successful uh, endeavor. And um, but I'm digressing here. But but I, I just I, I just being there's nothing more of that time period, both when this came out and you know, like she said, a year later they're still talk, you know the Y2K bug <laughs> is, is coming on. But but that was that was like on everyone's mind that was like in in the zeitgeist it does totally date the episode doesn't it yeah because because nobody i mean the millennium bug does not come up we're we're not all talking about the millennium bug once (laughs) once the year 2000 clocked around we forgot all about it entirely right um well that and and that's 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 so funny and and that's how it is with, with anything that you prevent yeah you know it looks like you were you were worried about nothing if you prevent the thing the bad thing from happening you know what I mean? <laughs> which i do i do a lot in, as, a, as an inspector too you know because we're, we're, we're trying to prevent problems of course from occurring. <laughs> and if you do your job right it looks like nothing happened and you didn't do anything you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah i know exactly how you feel it's hard to prove a negative um but i i thought that was just a really clever way to do day after t- tomorrow science fiction a little clever thing to add. And they even added in the bit of like, uh, like all the smart asses that were like, Oh, the, the real millennium doesn't start until 2001. Yeah. Yeah. I remember <laughs> okay, that. Like technically we get it, but scientifically, like as far as like code goes, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean anything. That won't change anything. <laughs> it's the digits changing, not the actual, what's a millennium. <laughs> yeah. Matters for, for this instant. But you know, and so I love that they threw that in too, you know? Um, so I thought that was, I just thought that was a neat thing to do, uh, six months before <laughs> this big thing. That was a neat thing to put in. And I really like my ears pricked up when they mentioned the millennium bug. Cause I was yeah. like, oh yeah, the millennium bug. I remember him We're in England. He was blue. He was like a blue microchip <laughs> and he had eyes. He was like a, a microchip. Was like a the antenna. Yeah. Oh my God. It was like the Olympics. That's amazing. <laughs> He was blue. He looked like a microchip. He had eight pointy triangle legs. Oh my god! Wait, antennae and an up. angry little face. I'm gonna look him up because we didn't have like a mascot. At least I don't. I didn't how, remember. How, did. how did you monetize it? <laughs> what <laughs> people selling t-shirts of the Millennium Bug on? Millennium Bug. Let's see. 
I'm going to find a picture of him because that's hilarious to me. <laughs> Let me find a good one. Oh, there he is. Oh, he's he's like a little computer chip. A little computer chip. Oh, my God. All the, all the little prongs are computer, like our legs. Yeah. Like on a bug. That yeah. is the cutest thing. I, in my <laughs> mind, he was blue, but that's, that's him. <laughs> that's adorable. Oh, we didn't have a little... What? Little mascot like that. How, really how, how are people who make t-shirts supposed to make money if you don't have a mascot? I know, right? Oh, I'm sure. Like there was plenty of t-shirts and people taking advantage of you know of people's uh, worries and oh my gosh, that's so funny. Okay, all okay. right. I love I love the millennium bug the millennium yeah. bug nostalgia. I like where we've gone with this. I love that. I like that they chose to do to make the to put this episode a year past it instead of during mm. the Y2K. This could have been a really different episode if it took place during the tr- transition from 99 to 2000. Yeah. Instead of 2000 to 2001. That, that would have been the like, focus, oh wouldn't God, it? But yeah, what's going to happen? And then, <laughs> and then either way, no matter what they predicted, it would have been, you know, it would either have been a letdown or like, oh, yeah, no, that really didn't happen. There wasn't chaos. Yeah. <laughs> you really date it. <laughs> So I thought that was neat. So that's my pick for of the time. Uh, I like that pick, and that's sort of a bit left field. I wasn't sure that's where you're going to go. So I've, I've quite, I've quite enjoyed that. Um, so of the time, I mean, there's, I think there's a bit more to choose from in that we're looking. You know, Shannon O'Donnell, she lived just from our point of view twenty years ago, whereas. <laughs> Tamir was down 70 years ago. So it's a bit bit of a different story. The whole the, the things that came to mind initially were coal mining, which yeah. I have a vague memory of as you know my grand my grandfather was a coal miner and I've <gasps> that been was mine. I've and I've been to like the coal mine where he works like a museum now. Yes. Um Sputnik have you gone down into like the coal mines? No, I haven't. You can, you can do. You can do like tours and whatnot. Yeah, I've never done t- it. We have tours here. I've done it, and because um, my grandfather was a coal mine too. But my, my actually, my family's from the coal regions in Pennsylvania, where the fictional Carbon Creek. Really, a Carbon yeah, Creek. Yeah. I mean, it's in the name, isn't it? It's in the name. There's there's no Carbon Creek. There's a Carbon Dale. Um, there's a Carbon County, but there's no Carbon Creek. Oh my god. But um. Yeah, and you can go down in the mines, and it's really sc- it's really scary for for me, someone who you know has like claustrophobia, yeah. I would say. Um, but yeah, oh, that's so interesting. Yes, and it is. You know, it's weird that that is a way of life that no longer really yeah. exists. Yes, not in this country anyway. There are miners elsewhere. You know, we've just farmed it out to other people. Yeah, we still have some coal mines. Um, more not as much mm-hmm. in the coal regions and you know um pennsylvania but um like west virginia there's still a lot of coal mines and that sort of thing and they're working on trying to trying to phase it out and make way for renewables but it's a dangerous dangerous line of work and unpleasant and yeah the idea that the idea of like, what was got me was the idea that you walking to the, you know, you go in the lift and you go down and you walk all the way to the coal face, but your day of work doesn't begin till you reach the coal face. Right. So the hour it takes you to go down the lift and walk all the right. way there or crawl or whatever, that doesn't count as your day's work. 
and then you do a day's work and then you walk an hour back. I mean, it's beggar's belief, really. I think it's incredibly difficult work. I don't want anyone to have to. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, everybody jobs in renewable energy. <laughs> yeah, let's all be making windmills. Yes, yes. Um, so, that's, so, that's so funny that both our grandfathers did that. I know, I know. And what? How, my, my, my grandfather was minute. He was like, I don't know, five foot one. He was tiny, <laughs> but had massive hands. Yeah. We called him Grandar Big Thumbs because his hands <laughs> were absolutely <laughs> enormous. Um, well, I don't know. How tall was your grandfather? Was he a big guy or a small guy? Yeah, was like my, he, was a, he was on the tall side. <laughs> my other grandfather was very tall, but this one, very, very short. So funny. Right. That is weird. That's, that's so weird. Yeah. We used to, he was an explosives expert. Like he, he knew a lot, like, like, um, they helped, he helped when, when they made, when they built the U S highway system, um, they had to blast through rock, you know, to build the, to build the roads. And then he did a lot of that. So now, you know, when we drive down Route 80, we can see the places that he blasted through, which is, that is so weird and so cool. I'm sorry. We were really digressed there. We really did, but actually it's nice. We both have that, like, connection. You know, we're going back and talking about our ancestors. It's timely. Exactly. The right thing to do. Oh, man. I love it. (laughs) And I bet your granddad was proud of you. I hope so. I hope uh, so. (laughs) It's been a lot. I haven't thought about him for ages. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Good one, granddad. Big thumbs. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) um so coal mining was a was one of the things that really sprung to mind the sputnik was one thing that sprung to mind you know i'm as a sci-fi guy i'm big into the space race so i i like i like the idea of the sputnik and i like seeing the sputnik on screen and you know it could be an eagle boss model or whatever i like all that (laughs) stuff uh atom bomb testing not such a big fan of that but very (laughs) over the time they irradiated um, their own planet. Exactly. How could they be so stupid? <laughs> and yet, yeah, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> okay. The re- so I've picked it. I've picked something. I've written about it, and then it changes towards the end as to what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I so love it. I, I, I love picked, it already. <laughs> I picked the reference to "I Love Lucy." Yay! I was hoping you would. <laughs> uh, and it's nice because we all know how how she was a factor in getting that second pilot for the original series yeah. and this is a shout out to her so i really like that um but in in the episode mistral sits for hours in front of his idiotic device <laughs> which i love it's quite a, a meta reference right um and at one point he insists he needs to go back to the ship because he wants to repair the aerial and tamir asks him why it has to be right now and he says it's because i don't want to miss it. i love lucy <laughs> Uh, but in fact, I mean, this is beside the point, but he's actually going to go out on a date with Maggie. We find that out later yeah. on. But that's that's the excuse. Why do you have to do it now? Well, because I love Lucy is on later on. Where are you going? To the ship. Why? This antenna is inadequate. I believe I can use a waveform discriminator to enhance it. It'll be safer to go after dark. We can't risk being followed. I need to go now. I love Lucy is on tonight. 
um as a bonus you have to watch it when it's on yeah of <laughs> course no, you're not you're not recording this there's no catch right. up if you miss it you will never see it again you miss it, you miss it. yeah hope um, for a rerun in the summer <laughs> i don't know do they even do that in the 50s i don't know <laughs> our, our children will and have no idea of the pain we went through waiting for episodes of tv to come back on right <laughs> will i ever see that episodes of star trek again oh i missed it i missed the first 15 right. minutes is that is yes. that it then will i ever know what happened um i love as a bonus they reference the three stooges as well and strong yeah, mild no. resemblance to mo <laughs> and the fact that mistral knows that is especially funny and then for a further That's bonus great. in the 22nd century tucker references the twilight zone yes, when he I hears the idea that the vulcans are stranded in the 50s so what I'm really picking is vintage television references. I like that. Not not just the I Love Lucy one, but all of them, all three of them. Yes. Oh, that's a good pick. And that's true. Like, that's so funny because it, one, it really is like a Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> yeah. And two, you're right. It, does, it fits exactly with the, the, the uh, flavor of the episode for him to reference the Twilight Zone. <laughs> it's, it's so nice. And it's such an apt reference because I do think yeah. people are still going to know what the Twilight Zone is. Oh yeah, especially Tucker. Would Chuck Tucker would definitely? Oh yeah, he's going going through all of those old films. He's been looking for the films. Oh yeah, he definitely has seen the Twilight Zone. Uh, (laughs) So I thought that was a really nice, a really nice reference, and it was funny and it fit just right. And the I Love Lucy shout out was was nice. Was nice. Oh, that's a good pick. That's a really good pick. The Mo one is funny too because he's talking about like a kid who calls him Mo. Yeah, this kid like busting his chops and him not getting, not getting it. You know, like why you call me Mo? (laughs) (laughs) He insisted on calling me Mo. Oh, it's so funny. There is a resemblance. (laughs) Um, where where's your point going to go for over the time? Uh, I I gotta give my points to the YTK bug. I love what you picked. I really do. But uh, the the YTK bug is just close to my heart. The uh, one... I really get a kick out of that in this episode that they made it science fiction, even if it is only six months. Yeah, we get <laughs> the... I I'm gonna pick the TV, the vintage TV in in Carbon Creek, and because it is, you know, that the, the, it, they are making science fiction and referencing science fiction, and they're making an episode of that show. I I, I like it. I like the sort of the meta aspect to it. Yeah, which. I suppose they're doing with uh, the Millennium Bug as well, sort of making fake what is real, and vice <laughs> versa. So, yeah, I, I like it, but I'm going to I'm going to draw my point out to Carbon Creek. I think. All right, I love it. So that makes three for Carbon Creek and one point for eleven fifty nine. We are on the board. Eleven fifty nine is on the board. <laughs> I will take it. Okay, what should we do for the next the next round, Jen? Okay. Okay, so for this category, I had two separate names for this category, and I couldn't decide what to to pick because <laughs> so it could go either way. Uh, it's "Don't Hassle Me, I'm Local" or "A Lovely Local." <laughs> it's both. It's both. Like, you could, you could pick, yeah, you could pick a, a a grumpy person or a fun person, whatever you want. To there pick. are no grumpy people. That's the that's the that's why these episodes make you feel so damn good because everyone is nice. Yes. <laughs> Janeway's a little grumpy. We'll talk about it, but yeah. So, <laughs> lovely locals. 
Um, so I'm going to give you a runner-up. I'm going to give you the runner-up of Billy. Billy is the man who plays Paul there at the very beginning. He plays Paul with Mistral, and the wager is a quarter of ball or a, or a drink with Tamir. And again, and this is when I first thought this, he would have been the villain. If this had been... Yeah, they could have made him really skippy. Yeah, he could have been really a nasty sort of, you know, and then later on he could have had a go at Mistral. But later on you see him again, and he's in the mine trying to convince Mistral to come to a ball game with him. And he's like, oh, come on, man, you never come out anymore. And I was like, oh, my God, they're genuinely friends. This This isn't just two people who casually know each other. They're friends now. Yeah. Um, and I really like that. That's a really great point. I like that. Because you're right. He could have been like a skeevy guy, like being really gross to Tamir about it. About it. Like they could have easily gone in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. And they didn't. Like, yeah. And I was like, so, so, it's so sort of filling and warming that he was just such a nice guy. And when they had that later conversation, I really sort of doubled down and thought, oh, I wish you said a bit more of Billy. I, I wish we'd known <laughs> what happened to Billy. Um, <laughs> And so, but my actual answer, and I am cheating a little because I've jointly chosen Maggie and Jack. As the, <laughs> That's cheating, but I'll allow it. It is the, <laughs> the mother and daughter combo of Maggie and Jack. Two totally wholesome characters with aspirations and dreams. And they see two down on the luck strangers walk into town and they just welcome them with open arms and they give them food and jobs and they even go on dates with them. Um, they are stereotypical, good old-fashioned, decent townsfolk of a type we don't re- we don't really see this much in Star Trek. We do see it, we do see it in episodes, but this is not, you know, this is not what Star Trek is, is it? Star Trek is highfalutin. We're on a starship. We're solving complex problems. We're not just seeing a person in trouble and lending them a hand and making sure they're okay and getting by ourselves. Um. But their naveliness and their positivity rubbed off so much on the Vulcan survey team. It really changed the course of all of their lives. Um, and just just an overwhelmingly positive experience for everybody involved. It was just so nice for Maggie and Jack to in their own in their own way engage with the the new members of the the new the members of the community, you know, share what was worrying them share what they're excited about, be interested, be involved. They're just they're just great. They're just such a nice pair of human beings. And I really wondered what happened to them as well. They're, yeah. a, one, they're a one and done. You just think there's so much more. Yeah, I wanted to know what happened to him when he went to college and what he studied and what he became. I wanted to know when he got out of that town. Is that when it it killed me as much as it killed Tamir when when he says you know mom doesn't want me to to go near the mine but that's where the jobs are here and that's so true like that's that's how people that's how it works get stuck in in these in, in this in these situations and, and it's so unfair it's so unfair and it just it kills me oh because he's got so much mm-hmm. potential and. And they're both so great, yeah. That's a, it's a, I, it's cheating, but it's it's a good pick. <laughs> it is, but I felt like I couldn't choose one without the other. I couldn't choose one without the other. I get that. I get that. Um, who who did you pick? That's nice for... too. 
It is. Well, I was going to say, it's, it's just nice, too, how it's it appeared like the whole town was trying to pitch in to get him enough money. Like, like again, you know, like, and again, that. Billy, Billy put his tips in the drawer yeah, yeah. for it. And <laughs> exactly. They were all doing it. They all kicked yeah, into this. Yeah. And they just couldn't make it happen. And gosh. And then uh, they just they deserve what. Tamir's they deserve Tamir's kindness what Tamir did they do they're great they're great and it, and her and Mistral is great too like that's a lovely friendship you know like I don't know if it turned into more or not he says he's not he wasn't planning on staying in Carbon Creek so no. maybe you know nothing else happened but but they they, they have a lovely little they had a moment and they yeah, obviously they, they have they have a relationship and a backstory and this isn't just yeah. about them you know, having a job and them talking about directions right. or food or it's them thinking, oh, perhaps you want to come and see a game of baseball. We'll go together. We'll have a nice time. Yeah. It's so different. It's 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 what you do when you meet someone and you want to get to know them and just be friends with them. And you're and you're right. They really did become like an actual part of the community too. You know, absolutely. They they could, they could have all stayed there. The list of people that Billy rattled off that was going to the baseball game. <laughs> yeah, he's like, they're all going. Da, 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 da. And, yeah, Why and Maggie, you know, wink, wink, Maggie's coming yeah, too. Yeah, we know, Maggie's coming. Yeah. It was quite the list of people, you know, that they have connected with. And gosh, it's just lovely. Ugh, okay, great pick. Great it pick. Nice. Go on, and who did you have for right. Don't Hustle Me, I'm Local slash Lovely Local? I am, if you're cheating, I'm cheating. I knew you would. I knew as soon as I cheated, you would cheat. I knew that. <laughs> I wasn't planning on it, but you did it first. <laughs> no, it's so I'm cheating too. And because I have a, a father-son duo as well in this episode, you know? Mm-hmm. In stories like this, you have there has to be like a precocious kid. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, who, who helps move, move the story along and tugs at your heartstrings. But uh, so, and this is no exception. So we have, this is the father-son duo of Henry and Jason Janeway. Um, and, and this is the don't hassle me on local part is, is the Henry Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little bit of a curm- curmudgeon. I'll get to him. He was but, the, in the mildest of ways. In the mildest yeah. of ways. Well, him too. He easily could have been like a real douche <laughs> you know they couldn't Absolutely. really uh, whereas but he's has his redeeming qualities even mr moss is like you know henry's a likable guy <laughs> he's just wrong about this yeah <laughs> um oh i guess I'll, t- I'll talk about henry now and then i'll talk about jason then because yeah because he's just, i mean he's stuck in the past he's the last holdout uh we talked about him never being outside of indiana <laughs> and then saying that like it's like it's something to be proud of um he speaks in classics you know, which is actually one of the things that's that's endearing about him. You know, he he's like, oh, Zeus. You know, Zeus took care of travelers, and we shall we shall too, or you know, whatever he says. And 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 he's always making little references like that, which is, I mean, he this this man belongs in this bookstore. <laughs> he really, really um, does. I've never seen a character so much fit his um his scenery <laughs> as much as. <laughs> And it's funny at the end when um, when he finally agrees to uh, you know d- uh, to to move his bookstore. He's like, "Oh, maybe I can open my bookstore in this this millennial gate you're you're building." And and she's like, "I'll make sure I get you 
a real out of the way place where no one will bother. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not really about the business, you know. Right. <laughs> he belongs with these books, you know, doing his thing, <laughs> dreaming about <laughs> traveling places. Um, so yeah, so you know, she does say he is stuck in the past, he, he, but he's also, I mean. I want to agree with him like that. My default position is, oh, this corporation wants to come in and and destroy this town. Not on my watch, you know, Mm, Yeah, (laughs) like that's my my default position, too. But that's not what's happening here uh, at all. And and Henry, you know, but Henry, Henry doesn't want to to admit that because he just wants he just wants everything to stay the same. Some people are just like that. Some people are just afraid of change. And he's one of those people who are afraid of change. And that's yeah. one of the reasons that Shannon's so good for him. You know, um, he's very lucky that she wandered into his bookstore that day. <laughs> he's very lucky. He really lucked out. Uh, he did. Because he, he did. could have spent the rest of his life hiding in that bookstore. Yeah. And no one would have yeah. ever come in. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and he basically has a new life. I mean, we know from that the picture of the future that he, you know, he ends up having more children, and and he's got a, a wife that, um, you know, they they love each other, and it's, it's a great second act for him, you know, or third actor. You know, really, was he must be like what forty five, pushing fifty? Oh, he he's he, he. I don't. You know what? I don't know. He seems a lot older <laughs> than that. Janeway's supposed to be, if, if you, she tells that story about the moon landing, so she's probably around like 41 or 42. Yeah. And he seems at like 10, I would, he looks like he's 10 years older than her. At least. At but least, that's, yeah. but that's part, partly because she's also just a radiant, gorgeous. Oh, obviously. But a timeless beauty. <laughs> so you can't really, yeah. Like I'm, I'm Jane, I'm that age that, that she is supposed to be like right now. And, and I look like, you know, the crazy cat lady from the Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> compared to shannon o'donnell <laughs> oh my god it's like oh yeah it's like really we're supposed to be the same age oh man <laughs> but um but yeah so but i'm who sure knows? not sorry i've i've been slow with the mother i'm sure you don't i'm sure you don't all audio i have no idea <laughs> that's how i feel but you know no but you know what i'm saying because yeah. she's just you know she's kate mulgrew so she's like a radiant beauty and um and you know and henry janeway's henry janeway <laughs> but, i know i mean he's, uh, he's but I, I, I i like that though because if he was just like some like plain old like gorgeous hollywood hunky guy it wouldn't have felt as real i hope he never listens to this podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's an attractive no, no, too late, too late. <laughs> but I just, you know what I mean, like, yeah, like, if you, know, like you know, if you have like, I don't know, you know what I'm saying. I do. <laughs> oh, and he has his moments too. Like he's really, he's really cute. When um, like we we talk, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. When yes, their, their dinner, and he's he's a little. He's a little flirty and it's really cute. And he does a little eyebrow raise that is that is attractive. But, oh. <laughs> but you know what I mean. So so he's he's you know. But uh, that's Henry Janeway, and Henry Janeway has a son, Jason. Jason Janeway, who is really smart and really sweet, and he says his dad is his hero, <laughs> which is adorable. Nice, nice. Um, and 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 you can tell that he 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 wants. The millennial gets to move forward. He wants 
to have the progress, but he's going along with his dad because that's what his dad wants. And, and it seems like he's, he's been the one to take care of his dad. Um, since his, his, they say his mom died when he was young. Um, Jason works at the bookstore and he does, he does the books, which is interesting because to me, that's, um, that's actually one of the things that the, the only things like about Henry Janeway that I, I don't like, I, I, I get that it's just like a throwaway line, but to me, like when you have like your kids doing like the adult jobs, like that, that's, that's you dropping the ball, Yeah, you know? So, so, so to me, that was like a sign, that's a sign that like, like Henry, Henry isn't just like someone who's stuck in his ways and likes the past. He's, he's actively like is depressed. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Like that just makes it into into like the, that category of like this isn't just like how he is. This is also just. I mean, I can imagine like his what it sounds like his wife died and yeah, he had to yeah. raise this child by himself and and that's you know that's horrible and, and they've had a horrible time and it seems it see but it but it, it seems like Henry and Jason have a have a really good relationship. It seems like they're they're they look out for each other and, Absolutely. and Jason. And Jason's not afraid to like stick stand up for his dad. Oh no, stand, no, no. stand up to his dad because at, at one point, you know, uh, I, th- I think it's right after Henry chases Shannon away, <laughs> and um, the first time, and, and and Jason's like, "Yeah, I'm going to Aunt such and such's." Yeah, Merry you know, Christmas. Yeah, yeah, Merry Christmas. Oh, Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, Happy New Year, ass. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't say ass, but you know yeah, what I mean. Filthy yeah. animal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love that reference. But um, but yeah, so and, and you know, but Jason's great. He's into science and computers and and he just he's just a lovely, lovely kid and, and he deserves to get out of that town and go to college too <laughs> when it's his yeah. turn. <laughs> so okay. those are my two lovely locals. They're lovely. The, they are they are lovely. And he doesn't want to be hassled. <laughs> But it turns out being hassled was good for him. Yeah, <laughs> he. They, everyone needs a little bit. They all have to shake things up a little bit. Right, right. Okay. Um, I. So Maggie and Jack are like my go-to. That's where I think I was going to give this point to. <laughs> but I do have a soft spot for the the old-fashioned bookstore owner. And yeah, I am like. I am one of those guys who will happily spend an entire afternoon sat in one of those shops. Oh, same. Oh, yeah. Same with me. And it will come out with just like <laughs> 10 books which I had no intention, I'd never even heard of before on all manner of subjects and we'll just like go in, stack them up, leave them on the desk and be like, I'll be back in five minutes. And then half an hour later, come back with more books to put on the pile. Yeah. I, I love that. that. That kind of lifestyle is is one that I really find quite appealing. And so I can really see why he wants to hold on to it. Oh yeah, that I I get it. Yeah, that it would change when he went to the Millennium Gate. I don't think it would change. It would change, but would it change so terribly? I don't think right. it would. Can we open a shop? Yeah, I'm because I didn't I, because I've never fully appreciated in my life that there is a whole episode of Star Trek set inside a bookshop. <laughs> I am going to give my point. To to the Janeways, uh, because I really like. I had an instant warmth, an idea like, I like I like these guys, yeah. and I like I liked Maggie and Jack as well. But I was like, yeah, I, I could get I could spend some time with these people, and I'd enjoy myself, and you know, I, I'd sit down and read a book, and 
have dinner by the Seine. So, yes, I, I'm going to choose the Janeways. I am also choosing the Janeways. Because mm. let's not forget that Shannon O'Donnell is Janeway's ancestor, but so is Henry. Absolutely. You know? And, and the he's, name is right there. Right. <laughs> and and he's he's bright too and he's kind and and there's a part of him in, in Catherine Janeway as well. And um and and yeah, just yeah, and I agree with you, like I could spend all day in that <laughs> in that bookstore. It looks really warm and inviting. Yeah. Um I have I have a bookstore around here that I love. It's it's uh it's called Baldwin's Books Book Barn. And nice. it's in this old, like, f- like farmhouse slash barn from like colonial times, and it's gorgeous. And it's just room after room after room of like all these old books, and and the sci-fi section. You have there's like this maze of like rooms you have to go through, and then there's like a hidden door you have to like like push through. And then it, it's it's like in the section of like like a barn where like like the 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 like the loft the hayloft would have been kind of, and it's cold always cold like and, it, and it, like you know what I mean and and like it's, drafty it's amazing it's, it's like my favorite place in the world and I love it. <laughs> we we have a place which is not so far away from that. It's called Camilla's Bookshop, and it is just floor to ceiling books everywhere you have yes. to if you move too quickly you're going to knock over a massive pile yes. of books oh, you, have to I love move slowly. you go down to the basement and the books are knee high and there's you, yeah. you're one foot in front of the other walking along because you can't move uh the, i love it so much i had my wedding photos taken in that shop Oh, that's amazing. Oh, you got to send me some of those. That, send me. <laughs> uh, all of our photos are from that bookshop. Oh, um, you got to send me. Because it's just like, just the vint classic old, you know, idea of books. Very much yeah. like you just described the book barn. Uh, I love it there. <laughs> I love it. Oh, so, yeah. So shop at Camilla's Bookshop and Baldwin's Book Barn if you're ever there in. You go, a... There you go. Yeah. We, we never usually we never usually make these recommendations, but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm here for this. I can do that. There's exactly zero people who are within driving distance of, of me probably listening to this. I, I got one. Name my names. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Bookstores are just special. Um, independent bookstores are special. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why this is different. This isn't like like. Oh, they're trying to build a Barnes and Noble, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where uh, his bookstore was. This is just they want to like move his shop to a self-sustaining city. <laughs> Which I mean, I really didn't remember any of that. The self-sustaining city stuff that was all all new, and I really liked that aspect of it. But that's yeah. a different part of the conversation, I think. So there's yeah, there's a little bit of science fiction in this. Yeah, you know? completely. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so my, so my point's going to the Jane ways too. But I do, I do love, I do love the family in Carbon Creek and and the you know the kid is the kid especially just like tugs at your heartstrings. I love that that little conversation he has with um to to Paul. I'm sorry, Tamir. Yeah, it <laughs> and, is uh, <laughs> about meditating and how he likes to go 
to the library and yeah. read about anything and learn. And, I'm, and t- I'm totally totally there for fun. all the conversation. Yeah. In fact, we're going to be talking about something very similar. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Don't give the yeah. game away, Jen. Sorry, yes, but he's a little sponge, and 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 I love him, and and I really hope, I, I really wanted to know what happened to him too. Like, I obviously I want to know what happened to Mistral, but but I always. Like if I was Tamir, I'd want to like take a trip to Earth to see what happened to him. <laughs> you know? I reckon him and Mistral kept in touch. Oh, I hope so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. All uh, right, so man, all right, th- three and three, three and three for for one of the most derided and one of the most loved. <laughs> I am. I'm not sure where to go. I'm not sure where to go. Oh my goodness! Except to round four. Round four. Let's do it. Um, let's go to scenes from a bar. Yes. <laughs> I, I love the fact that they both have bar scenes. Yes. Uh, so there are several scenes in, in the bar, uh, in 1159. Uh, first there, there's, well, first, just really quick. It's not technically a bar, but their date to Paris is adorable, which we talked about a little bit. Oh, they I do have nice, wine nice. Uh, over dinner. It's not even dinner. It's just a piece of bread and an apple. <laughs> bread and apple and wine and a book open to a scene from Paris. And they have this and they huddle like like near it. And it's and they've got candles and it's so cute. And they're in the, you know, the bookstore, the romantic bookstore and it's so such a good move such a good move i should have i should have paid more attention to this as a younger man seriously that is a slick move yeah and they have adorable flirtation during they they definitely do uh, which i love but it's not technically a bar but i just want to mention that because i mean they drink that's that's a wine if you chose me i'd have accepted it yeah (laughs) uh but we do have several scenes in the actual bar in the town and um there's a bunch of there's a couple scenes with uh, Mr. Moss <laughs> and Shannon. Um, you know, he offers her a job and says, you know, and, which could have turned into like an evil moment. Yeah. You know, I checked up on you and we'll give you a job if you bring us if you bring me the head of of Henry Janeway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? it so easily been that. <laughs> could have so easy. Go anywhere near that. But no, because that's because there's no bad guys here. No. That's in either one of these episodes. You're right. Like this is these are just two wholesome stories where nobody, everyone's intentions are pure. <laughs> so fulfilling. It makes you warm on the inside. Yeah. Oh, this is the perfect time of year for this. I'm so glad we're doing this. Yeah. I, ho- I hope I hope people decide to uh, you know watch this as a. I'm genuinely calling 1159 as a, as a proper holiday episode. <laughs> I, I watch it every year on the holidays. I love it that much. I, I didn't know I needed to watch it. Holiday I, I did. I needed it. I needed it and I enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah, so there's a couple of those. Um, and, and again, like to add to there's no bad guys here. Uh, she, she doesn't convince Henry to change his mind. Um, and she sees Mr. Moss in the bar again and and he's like, uh, she's like, well, I'm headed to Florida. And he's like, well, we're still going to give you a job. <laughs> like, like we, we think you're good. You're, you're, you know, you'd be good for this project. And, you know, we still want you to work wherever they were, that they were moving to Ohio, I think. Yeah, yeah. 
place location they were going to to look putting the gate in um and he just offers her a job there so so and those are nice those move the plot along but the scene from a bar that i'm picking is is near the beginning it's one of the first uh scenes with henry and shannon together and they're just in the local bar football's on the tv they're just sharing a beer and having a conversation getting to know each other and like you said right away they just they just have this rapport together yeah it's really really clear it's yeah, and and it, and it work. It it works. It really works. Even though they're they're so different, they're kind of they're they have the same like thirst for knowledge. I guess is a way to put it. Like you know, they just manifest it in different ways. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. You know, and and they have a little fight over the past versus the present and what's better. And, you know, and he says a good thing about the past and she says a good thing about the present and they go back and forth and, yeah. uh, or like, you know, and, uh, and then, and then Shannon says, uh, there's no cold beer in the past, you know? And he's like, well, <laughs> I got to give you that. <laughs> you know, I was born in the wrong millennium. I'll stick with the modern age. The classical age, greatest literature mankind ever produced. No antibiotics. Families that take care of one another. No cars. Air you can breathe. No telephones. What a pleasure. Shorter lifespans. Lives that were worth living. No cold beer. There you got me. <laughs> so she wins the point. <laughs> yeah, because, that's well, a pretty compelling point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you make a good point. Good point. And it's just it's just an adorable way to... Um, to quick, it, it, the, the scene exists to explain the situation to yeah. Shannon, but also to, to the audience about, you know, oh, the, you know, this, they've came in to, to buy out the town so they could build the Millennium Gate and I'm going to hold out and blah, 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 just like the general plot stuff. But they they frame it in a way that that also shows us why that convinces us that that these two could end up together. You know, it's just a nice yeah. little lovely easy chat at a bar between two people who it, it who never just... it never seems forced or bizarre does it yeah. they'll be together yeah. it really does work for them yeah and just everything about this episode is co- it's just cozy <laughs> the bookstore is cozy you know the candles everywhere there's cozy janeway's janeway shannon's sweaters are just like like her, her <laughs> like, like she's just so cozy like everyone's just co- like just just the, the warm colors it's just ah oh, i just love it so, seeing in a bar, having a beer, <laughs> talking about the past and the future and the present. And <laughs> it's a good one, especially because they talk about beer as well. Yes. <laughs> okay. Scenes from a bar, Carbon Creek. A lot of stuff actually happens in the bar. Maggie and Jack do live there, and Tamir gets a job working there. Yeah. However,. I have chosen the very first bar scene as as Tamir and Mistral enter the bar for the first time. And it's one of those classic bar scenes where they walk through the door and everyone stops to stare at them. Yes. And there's, a, there's like a, probably only 10 seconds of the, of the townsfolk looking at them. And then Mistral and Tamir just sort of walk slowly to the bar and everyone goes back to their business. <laughs> and I liked that. I liked, I liked having that cowboy moment. Um, yeah. but again no one's like rude to them no 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 or, yeah. uh, and they quickly recognize the value of paper currency <laughs> and even then they sort of you know awkwardly ask for free stuff which you know <laughs> today 
ugh, that wouldn't happen. But Maggie just d- dishes them up, some pretzels and water. She actually gets yeah. it for them. Um, and I don't think she would turn anyone away. I think if someone yeah. comes in and says, I, you know, I, I need something to eat and drink, she's going to offer them that. And then Mistral accepts the wager uh, with Billy on a game of pool because pool's just based on simple ge- geometry and it, it wouldn't challenge a Vulcan child. He plays Billy. He plays against Billy, and he bets a drink with Tamir that he can beat him, and he does. It is, you know, it could have been, it could have been a montage. You walk yeah. in, you put some money down, you do a few pool shots, then they're drinking, and then they're laughing with each other, and money changes hands. That and it just worked really nicely. Everyone had a really nice character moment, and you could see the strain between Mistral and Tamir from the off. Yeah, Mir was was ha- was didn't mind being there. He he could cope. Uh, sorry, Mistral could cope. Tamir was a bit more reserved, and she wanted Mistral to be more reserved as well. But he didn't need to be. He was managing to be a person who could deal with the situation, which was really nice. So that would have been my scene from the bar. Yeah, Mistral's so great. He he's he's like, you know what? I'm going into town. I'm going to see what's going on because because we're going to just die if we just stay out here in the woods you know doing nothing he's totally the driving force behind yeah yeah and they get there and and he's like okay well it appears i just need to beat this guy at this children's (laughs) game and and get some money (laughs) i love that massive amount of confidence as well it's like it's easy yeah i I don't know the rules but i will do this (laughs) and that just makes me laugh too because it's not just knowing the geometry of the shots (laughs) no the eight yeah, ball, like, corner yeah. pocket. It's like, oh, right. <laughs> Has anyone, does he know that people say that? Right, right. Oh, that's funny. Maybe he asked Billy for a little primer before they started. Yeah, I mean, he could have. He could, that would have been fair. I've never played this game before. Yeah. But um, that's funny. Yeah, and, and you know, they, they had a little story about how they, um, you know, their car broke down. Oh, yeah. They're business associates. And uh, oh yeah, that's right. They're business associates. <laughs> and Bill, there's Billy again. Billy offers to give them a ride to the gas station. He does, which is nice. Yeah, he does. Uh, he, yeah. What a guy! What a guy! <laughs> but it's so funny because that guy could have easily been like a jerk character. Yeah, and a lot could've... of he would have been a jerk. He could have been a mean. Same thing. That could have been a category. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Mr. Moss and Billy. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many similarities with these episodes. It's so funny. Yeah, I don't think I really realized until we started talking about how similar they are. <laughs> when I was writing the intro, I was like, oh, yeah, there's, there's quite a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's a great scene. And and it's, and you know, and it moves, you got to have a scene like that because you got you to gotta get them integrated into the town somehow. Yeah. And that, you know, them getting money that way is a good way as any. Um. You know, <laughs> pool game. Why not? <laughs> yeah, well, it works. They got the money. Uh, yeah, and then they can move on to you know to the rest of the plot. But um, I like that. It's a good pick. Okay, where where are you laying your money down? <laughs> oh, those are those are both really good scenes. They are good scenes. They're quite different scenes, actually. Yeah, yeah. Mine's like an intimate scene, and that yours is like they. More- more of a comedy yeah yeah oof so i like them both and they both are they both you know move the plot along 
Um, you know, I think I think I'm gonna go with 11:59 because that's like that's like the Shannon Henry moment. Like, yeah. No, I feel I feel like it's it's I feel like it's just as important to move their relationship along as it is to move the plot along, which is hard to do. So all holiday romances are ridiculous on the face of it because this literally took place over what, like three, four days. It was right, 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 and they fall in love, and this is someone they've only known for four days. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> but all they're all like that. And, and that's just part of the genre of story that they're telling here. Um, but to do that and and make it make you kind of forget that these are only some people they've known for a week, you know, is is a is a challenge of the genre. And I think they do it really well. It's one of the strengths of eleven fifty nine, I think. Um, and the scene does a lot towards that. So I'm going to go with eleven fifty nine. <sighs> Hmm, I'm actually finding it harder harder than I thought to select this. I, I, I do like them both. They are both very different scenes, even though they're both the first yeah. scenes in a bar. They're not the same scene in any way, really. They've both got different things going for them. I like, I do like the, the typical alien goes into an unfamiliar scenario yeah. which is familiar to us and cocks it up i like that i like that that's and, true that's a classic of the genre too yeah <laughs> but i i do have i do feel a bit more i feel a bit more watching janeway and uh o'connell o'donnell together um so i think i'm gonna give my point to 11:59 as well which i it's just really really taking me by surprise <laughs> Me too, because now 11.59's in the lead. Oh my god. Five All right. to three. Oh my goodness. Goodness me. <laughs> I think this, this might be our first upset. <laughs> Ooh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. There's still another category. But it's and it's funny too, because you know, with any of these, you could pick we could we could literally do five different categories. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we said, it's already, <laughs> already so many similarities. The biggest person who could have been a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm upset we didn't pick that as a category. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. So our final category. I'm gonna go for the heartstrings. Let's the, the heartstring, the, the heartstring, heartstring tugging moment in a, in Harbin Creek. What's the most heartstring tugging? There are so many. I actually found it quite hard to narrow this down. Yeah, Carbon Creek has a lot of, a lot of it. There's a lot, There's a of, lot emotion of emotion and a in lot the of creek. heart. Yeah. In, in the creek. <laughs> um, I, I liked, so this is very mild. I liked Strawn fixing Mrs. Garrett's vacuum cleaner despite the fact he's about to leave that. the planet. I, I love I, that so much. That little detail. It's so weird to me that he does it. But no. it just shows so much pride and like, Actually, even even Strawn has been affected even by this place. Yeah, has emotion for these humans. <laughs> um, I I've love met, that. I've mentioned Billy trying to convince Mistral to go to a baseball game with him because yeah. I felt really like, oh, they're friends. They're actually friends. Yeah. 
Uh, and he Pratt wants to go, but but Tamir told him not to. I know, so he's actually <laughs> trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, Mistral and Maggie sharing a kiss after going to watch the baseball game. That was nice. <laughs> it was played for laughs rather than heartstrings. Yeah, it's a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, it could it could have gone differently. I thought that scene, but it was good. Um, Mistral refusing to let his human friends die. Mistral, yes. I keep calling Mistral. Um, Mistral <laughs> refusing to let his human friends die. That was great. And that was a bit more, you know, courageous and yeah. emotionally a different way. Of course, I have to mention Tamir patenting the Velcro in order to yeah. ensure that Billy can go to college, oh. which I, I really loved. But actually, I'm going to pick the scene that instigated that. So the moment when Jack explains to Tamir that he won't be going to college this year to take up his partial scholarship because he couldn't remain, he couldn't raise the remainder of the funds. And Tamir, and this is the first time we see her genuinely taken aback by anything because yes. she's cool as a cucumber all the way through this episode. And that's the one time she seems surprised at someone, something someone is saying. That they've, they've crashed on an alien planet. The commander is dead. This is the first thing that has genuinely shocked her. Um, Jack just is so earnest and positive while acknowledging that his best opportunity is literally passing him by and slipping through his fingers for money. Um, and he's just so... He looks really upset while you know he can still go to the library, he can still read, he can try again next year, but there's no guarantees. And then as he sort of goes off in sort of resigned, I'm going to have to get a job somewhere and I'm going to have to get a job in the mine probably. Ugh. Maggie pops her head out the door Ew. in tears and just exp and sort of announces to Tamir that he got the best grades in the county. It wasn't just like he did well. He did the best. No one was going to do better than him. And it's only down to money that he's not going to go to college and have the, the life and the potential that he... he could be opened up to him and it's so nice that 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 make that turns to me to do something which you know we know that is she is just absolutely decimated the prime directive she she goes to find something which is useful but not so useful it's going to really really mess everything up it's right. just right I love that so much. It's so sad. And, and hey, guess what? The system sucks because it's pretty much still like that. Yeah. You know? And it's horrible. And there are kids so much wasted potential, uh, you know, having a system like this. And and I I love that. that like, like Tamir can't fix the system. No. Nope. But she can make a difference for this one kid. And she cares enough about him to, I mean, she, she, she gets on a, she finds something to sell, gets on a train, drives the whole way into the city, sells it, you know? And this is like, this is what she chooses to do. Like with her last moments before she gets rescued. I know. It's is selfless, you know, it, for this. It's this so kid. solid. I, I. Oh my God. It's so good. It's so touching. It's so good, and it just really it brings the episode together 
in such an emotional way because it has been this sort of oddball sci-fi comedy. You know, that's what it has been. And it's not, there's been a bit of action adventure as well with the mining disaster. But it, yeah. it's, you know, it's been about a fish out of water. The yeah. way they narrate it with uh, Trip and Archer hearing a story which they could <laughs> barely believe. Um, but this just wraps it all up in just like, wow, what a, a shot from the left field that this happened. Because we would have expected any any Vulcan just to be like, well, that's the way the uh, the Plomic soup crumbles and right. there's nothing else for it. Yeah. But she can't that's do That's another that. example of the way the, the humans are backward. <laughs> you know, I'm going to yeah. destroy themselves anyway with, with the bomb, you know. <laughs> she talks about earlier, you know. They're, they're, they're on the path to self-annihilation, I think is what she says, right? Yeah. And um, but she obviously doesn't, you know, she doesn't believe that as as much as she says because she then it wouldn't be logical. So why should why should she care if this guy, kid goes to school or not if he's just going to be destroyed? I know, know, I know. Anyway, so and I just love it, and I love it too because like like you said, Tamir and to Paul are basically this, the exact same character, and they are because. We've seen time and time again before and since this episode to Paul doing things about for the the people that she cares about too. Yes. You you wouldn't, that aren't quote unquote, you know, logical Vulcan things to do, you know? And I just, I, I love to Paul so much. She's such, she's such a complex character and, and this is exactly what she would do if she was in this situation. Yeah. Like if she had met this kid when they went to Carpenter street or whatever. Yeah, things could have been no, no, things could be quite yeah, different. Time. She could she would have done the same thing. <laughs> but um, great pick. Thank you. And I was oh. I actually had a hard time whittling that one down. Yeah. Because it is there's so much strong there's emotion so through the episode. So many. Um and I'm interested to know what your heartstring tugging moment is, because actually I thought there were a few in eleven fifty nine as well. <laughs> Again, all well, odds. I was, I was feeling the most right? right. Well, you know, there, there is like the the classic, you know, climax of the of the Hallmark movie where you know Shannon drives away and then she changes her mind and comes back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like classic, you know, trope. Uh, and she comes back and she convinces Janeway to to change his mind. You know, and it's, it's like it's 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 cheesy, but in a fun way. You know, she's like, "I'm stuck in the future. You're stuck in the past. Maybe we could get stuck, or get get unstuck in the present, or something like that." And it's really sweet. Um, and it and it and it's. I mean, it's got every little trope too because he he changes his mind. It's one minute to midnight. We're not too late. You know. <laughs> This art for some reason the arbitrary deadline is midnight. Yeah, and they were all outside there waiting. They're all outside there waiting, which is so funny. And they they go outside and everyone cheers. <laughs> and and you know and it's 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 very very like it's a their intimate moments before they 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 leave the bookstore is sweet and heart tight heart string tugging, um and and then it but it is completely like like a um. Like it's cheesy. Yeah, it's cheesy. But that's but that's it, not my pick. But I didn't. I didn't feel it was. I didn't feel it was undeserving. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I kind of felt like, 
like it's it's kind of funny like i i feel like these ordinary these are almost like ordinary moments that that are elevated by like like and this is an we're going back and we're hearing an ordinary story from shannon o'donnell's life Mm -hmm. because she was an ordinary person Uh and which is great which is it's, it's kind of like saying like that's beautiful too like it doesn't have to be like she doesn't have to be this like trailblazing astronaut who you know was the first woman on mars or you know or whatever yeah, it's, it's um, enough that she did what she did yeah yeah and it's just and this is the start of the janeway clan you know this is the beginnings yeah this is the, they like they to, to stay together and see see where it takes them and we know where it takes them <laughs> because we hear right before this we see in the future oh she you know she stayed in in portage in portage what is it portage creek and uh and um you know and married henry and they had a family and and she worked on the millennium gate and you know and that was her life and and it's lovely um but my my heartstring tugging moment is actually takes place in the 24th century We're finally going back <laughs> to Voyager. Yeah, I, I, I'm not expecting this. <laughs> this is the very end. This is Janeway finds out the true story and she's bummed, which I get. She's bummed because she's she's had this this hero in her mind who's inspired her life, her whole life choice of, of what career she was going to take. And she finds out that it's not that the story is not true. And that you know, that's I can I can get why she's bummed yeah, uh, about absolutely. that. Like I get, and um, and they decide to try to make her feel better, as the Voyager crew does, and Neelix especially does takes it upon himself, and and they call her into the mess hall. He's a good egg, Neelix. Oh, he's such a good egg, and this is just exactly the kind of thing Neelix yeah. does. <laughs> um, and they're all there, and they all have champagne glasses and. They say happy ancestors Eve, which is a holiday they just made up (laughs) an evening of reflection in honor of those who came before. Um, And which is just a sweet thing to do to try to cheer up. They talk about, you know, they present her with the framed picture of, of Shannon O'Donnell because who cares if she wasn't this, you know, this larger than life figure, this, this was, this was her. And she, and she inspired her. Greenway was going to just say, I'm not going to put it up now. Yeah, that made me so sad and they yeah. try, they're like like if it wasn't for shannon o'donnell you know you wouldn't have become the person you are and that's spe- that's special and important and worth celebrating and um and they you know and then they they do that what there's that wonderful scene where they basically you know she she gets the family portrait of shannon o'donnell's family and then they they took a they take a family portrait of themselves yeah. They all get together, and the EMH with his camera that he always has. Yeah. You know, I love that. That's all hobby is taking pictures, and he sets it up, and and they have their champagne glasses, and they raise them. And they say, to family." One more for posterity. Uh, yeah. oh. <laughs> and which is just such a lovely, lovely moment. It you really know? is. It really is and so her, nice. Her, her, you know, the family, her, her ancestors, and her family, and in two pictures, and. And she's the center of both of them, you know. Yeah. Um, in a way, I you know, 
and it's just it's just a lovely moment and and I, I think it just it just speaks to the whole point of the episode was you know like wherever you came from like wow. like it doesn't have you don't god not not everyone's ancestors did something like insanely important it doesn't mean that they weren't important and their lives yeah. weren't important and, you know and you wouldn't be who you were without them <laughs> that was a good choice jen because i did not think that that was where you want to go and <laughs> it was it was a nice ending and it was a nice way to round things up and I, i'm glad that janeway respected respected that her ancestors had lives and it might not have been the life she thought but it was a good life and it was an interesting life and just because it was a bit different doesn't mean it doesn't have value. I really appreciate that. And I'm, I'm glad Neelix gave her the opportunity as well to to, to reconsider. And he's, he's such a nice guy. And making up a, a silly holiday so they can all get together and have a drink. It was lovely. I thought that was a nice idea. Yeah, I like that. I think it worked. I think they talked her into kind of like appreciating... Shannon for who she was instead of who she, Janeway wanted her to be. <laughs> I hope so. I hope we never see. I don't think we ever see that picture again. But <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in our closet <laughs> or recycled it or replicated. Oh no, I'm sure. No. I'm sure she thought about it a lot. Um, for points wise. Points wise. You throw me a curveball because I didn't. I didn't see you coming back to twenty fourth century. I really thought you were going to stay, stay in two thousand. That said, I just think the Tamir moment is is incredibly strong, and Jack, you know, Jack's resignation to his not so perfect circumstances. It's really well done, and he sort of. He does have that sort of awkward demeanor, which he goes all the way through. I, the first time he speaks to Tamir, I thought he was going to ask her out, and I'm glad he didn't. Um, yeah, they didn't go there either. No. They, they could they could have easily made that that little conversation they had awkward. Yeah, but they didn't. He he, he has character and dignity all the way through. Yeah, I'm in this town. All the characters are so wholesome and great. <laughs> so I I'm going to stick with Carbon Creek for this one. Because I think that moment is sort of... I, I like the blending of high emotion and science fiction. So I'm going to go for it. Same here. That moment is just incredibly special. Um, it's a it's a selfless... Un, I hate saying on Vulcan, but I can't think of a way to put that thing that she did. Emotional. But that's, you know, oh, I don't know. But it's it's beautiful it's says it says a lot about to paul yeah um you know even though it's not to paul oh it's to paul we know it's to paul <laughs> <laughs> and and even even just the fact that that to paul i'm choosing to believe this happened because i want it to be true so yeah. it, it happened it happened and just to paul, the fact that to paul knows this story you know, knows what her, what happened when her great grandmother accidentally landed on Earth, and she has I love, I love that, that. that beautiful purse uh, that used to belong to her great grandmother, and I love that. And it's just, uh, it's it's special. It's a special moment. Um, the to family in in 
eleven fifty nine is probably probably the only moment that like people might remember from this episode. You know, um, like that picture of the Voyager crew comes up sometimes. I see mm-hmm. online, you know, and the just two family. Uh, but so it's a special moment too, but not in the same way that 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 this is that Carbon Creek is. So I'm going with Carbon Creek for this one too. Okay, I mean, th- <laughs> this is this is staggering me that they've come <laughs> out five and five. Oh man! Well, you know what, tiebreaker. Gunnan, what have you got for a tiebreaker? <laughs> we could do our characters. <laughs> <laughs> should be jerks. Characters yeah, should be jerks. <laughs> All right. Why? Why should Billy be a jerk? So he should have initially been a lot more sort of gross and sort of leery when he caught sight of Tamir. Yeah. He should have accused accused uh, Mastral of cheating once he won the first round of uh, pool, right. and then later yeah. on in the mine. He should have sent. He should have sent Mastral and be like, "You go down there, knowing that something bad was going to happen. You go down there to have gotten to try and get rid of him and teach him a lesson. That's what he would have done if he'd been a jerk." <laughs> well, and it's just funny because that character is a jerk in so many stories. Like that yeah. character, they are the character, you know, that they beat in a pool game. That character, you know, like the or like every town has a jerk. Yeah, except for. Except Carbon Creek and, and Portage Creek. No, no jerks there. <laughs> There's just no jerks, and and that's funny until until you mentioned all the little moments with with him with Billy. I, it didn't dawn on me, but you're so right. Uh, he offers to, you know, to drive them to the gas station. You know, and, and he's, he's, he's just, just a, he's a genuinely guy. nice guy. Genuinely nice resident of the town. So. In 1159, Mr. Moss should be a jerk because he's a, he should he should be the mustache twirling almost villain, corporate hitman, uh, coming to destroy your small town yes. <laughs> with progress. Your way of life means nothing to me. Right, right exactly. What's the we bottom need to, line? You know, put on a hard hat and drive the bulldozer into the bookstore, <laughs> kind of guy. Um, and he's not. He's just a genuinely like like this is a project that I, I really believe in, and you know, and he he obviously wants Henry to change his mind, but he also he doesn't like force him, and he doesn't you know like he offers Shannon a job, but he doesn't like he's not like um it's not like a, a real it's not he gives her an ultimatum, but it's not really an ultimatum. We find out later like he's still she doesn't deliver. J- uh, you know Henry Janeway's signature, but uh, she st- he still gets gives her a job offer. So it's funny that both those characters, trope wise, should be jerks, but they're not. Hmm, I'm not sure I can. I'm not sure I'm going to do well at this either. I, I think, I think Mr. Moss had the ability to be a much worse person and like really just discount your humanity. And yeah. just ignore you, and just try and walk all over you. Whereas I think Billy had the Billy could have been like a really sort of a horrible character, but I think <laughs> Moss Moss is but the actual Billy's more of a henchman than Moss is. The, Moss would be the actual villain. <laughs> if if this was if this was yeah. the mirror universe, if we were doing right, right. snap track, 
mirror of Snapchat. <laughs> oh man. And see, I think, and see, I'm picking Billy because like, because uh, I, I kept waiting. Like I, I, I didn't, the character didn't even really register with me. It's, it's, it, um, it's, except for this, or I for, I'd forgotten about him, you know, yeah. until I watched it. Time. And, and when he made that wager, I kept waiting for him to, to like say something horrible to Tamir. <laughs> especially knowing the way like it's it's kind of like like that's another um reflection back on the way to paul gets treated a lot mm-hmm. of times when they yeah. meet up with alien creatures and it's uh, alien creature with with other aliens and it's just it's just horrible and she gets she gets really mis you know really mistreated and and degrading things said said to her and and i kept waiting for that to happen here and he didn't do it and i was like oh okay yeah <laughs> and then you're and then you're right it's just like this is just a wholesome episode yeah. and i like that and that's really that I, i'm giving my point there um i think so the fact that we're still tied it's a tie i have a tie no it's not i have it's a tiebreaker oh my god go on then so, I, I, carbon creek wins because of miss straw yeah Straw is is an amazing character. It's the only difference between these two episodes. So as far as like plot and you know, as far as like plot goes, that's the, that's the like additional thing that Carbon Creek has is this amazing character who just falls in love with humanity so much that he decides to leave it all behind and 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 stay and learn and move to the big city and. <laughs> It's true. It's true. We're, and, and we're always talking about Mistral. We we we're always talk about Mistral. Like, find Mistral. Where's Mistral? Yeah. Yes, and we're still wondering to this day what happens to Mistral. Because he'd still be around. He's around today. Yeah. <laughs> right that. now, in the year yeah. 2020, and that's cool. That's a cool thing. That's that's a that's a thing that that 1159 doesn't have. Is is that character that that that. One-off, a special, a one-off character who's so special that, like, I mean, he's got he's got to be on the list of best one-off characters. He's got to be on the list of best one-off characters. He's up there. He's he right. He's up there. You're so right. You're so right. He's amazing, and and he's very special. Like I think, I think these are the things we're talking about. These these last two things, like like that that scene with with the the Velcro and and the character of Mistral. Like these are these are some of the things that make. Carbon Creek such a special episode and why it shows up so frequently. Yeah. On Backdrop lists and and it's special and and he deserves the tiebreaker. All right. You've you successfully convinced me that Carbon Creek should win on a on a technicality, but I appreciate the technicality. Um I think I think there'd have been major I think we'd have had made waves if we'd put eleven fifty nine above Carbon Creek. Although I, I I come to eleven fifty nine with a newfound appreciation for it, um, do do you need? I mean, do we need to watch these episodes together? I don't know. I think probably you don't, but you should watch eleven fifty nine at, at Christmas. Yeah, I can agree with that. <laughs> yeah, no, if, if you, I agree. Like, like I think I think Carbon Creek. I I genuinely get why that's why so many people love that episode and I genuinely get why people don't care as much for this Voyager episode but I just think with this voyage with 1159 if you if you look at it for what it is you can you know what I mean instead of trying to make it something that it's not you know like like, like the, they managed to tell 
a Star Trek story with a Star Trek theme with literally no <laughs> sci-fi in it, you know? <laughs> And and that's a that's a challenging thing to do. I mean, the whole thing is is just about exploring and looking to the future, like Star Trek always is, but just just from a from a more ordinary human angle, you know. Yeah, and I love nice. that. It's, I just think it's nice. It's it, it's rehabilitated in my eyes. I will <laughs> I will enjoy it much more the third time I watch it. Okay. And it is kind of fun now that it's '90s, like nostalgia too. Like, yeah, because it's soon it won't be soon it won't be modern. It'll be it'll be ancient. Yeah, like, that, like Future's End or yeah. just very not very '90s, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. now it's fun to look at. <laughs> but I'm happy with giving the tie to Cartman Creek for just that special edition of. Okay. Of Must- Who's not related to anyone, and and we care about him just as much, if not more, than Tamir in this episode. Yeah, this episode is more about him than Tamir. He's he's the breakout character of that episode right? because because we do associate Tamir so much with T'Pol, and she just does yeah. what T'Pol would do. Whereas right. Tamir is doing the bit we're really like, oh yeah, let's do that bit. Yeah. Okay. okay, I think we've done right. it. I think we've done it. Oh. Fun. That was one of the most intense conversations we've had. I'm, I thought this would be a short episode. I really didn't think we would we would record for as long as this. But oh here my we are. goodness! Notice <laughs> looking at how long this episode yeah. is. <laughs> you never know. It's funny. You really don't. I think sometimes too with the episodes that aren't as like well received generally. It, it takes longer to kind of explain why the good things about it. Like, yeah. like, no, actually this is good because this and this and this. <laughs> but I think we do that anyway, because we already, we're, we're looking for bits that are good. We're looking for the best right. bits or the, the bits that, that sell, that sell the show. We never talk about the most, you know, we never pick the most boring bit or yeah, yeah. What, what, what was the lamest scene of the episode? <laughs> right, yeah. That would be the mirror universe. That would be mirror universe. Snapchat. Exactly. Okay, let's get on to it. What's next? Good. Now that we've finished with the old business, on to the new. Time to hand out next month's story assignments. Ritterhouse, we're waiting! Okay, friends and neighbors, let's see what Uncle Roy has for you today. And in the next episode of Snaptrack, we will be matching wits with the Napoleon of Crime as we deal with two episodes that have Professor Moriarty as a central villain. Hmm. We compare TNG's elementary dear data with TNG's ship in a bottle. Oh, he's such a fabulous foil. <laughs> he's so good. He's so good. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to brush up on my Sherlock Holmes over the Christmas period awesome. and uh, see how many terrible references I can try and sneak in. <laughs> oh, Perfect. Okay, is there anything else? Uh, goodbye, is there anything else you want to say before we go? No, just um, I just want to wish everybody a safe and happy you know, holiday season if you're listening to this when it comes out or if you're listening to it later, I still hope everyone's safe and happy and, <laughs> and thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it Yes, seconded 
I hope everyone has a lovely a lovely holiday period and a a great new year and you know we will see you all soon and everyone keep safe and that is a royal fizzbin didn't you terminate your employment yes but i promised mrs garrett i'd repair this suction device it's unfortunate that you'll be leaving these people without experiencing one thing they have to offer. Such as alcohol, frozen fish sticks, the constant threat of nuclear annihilation? There's much more to them. You just refuse to see it. I've seen enough. I haven't. I plan to stay here. If this is your attempt at humor, they're on the verge of countless social and technological advancements. I have the unique opportunity to study an emerging species. That's what you've done, much closer than we anticipated. Your duty is to return to Vulcan and report your findings. There's still more to learn about these people. All of them are just one. This has nothing to do with Maggie. She has helped me appreciate their culture. But I don't intend to remain in Carbon Creek. Where would you go? To one of their larger cities at first. After that, I'm not certain. There's so much to see. The High Command will never allow it. Tell him it's not possible. Tamir? Perhaps I can arrange for you to be on the next survey ship. In another 20 years, running more statistical scans from high orbit? That's not enough. 